Well, welcome everyone. My name is Jeremy Carter from Rapport Leadership and today I'm really excited to have as our guests on the call David Crane from Winning Appliances to talk about some of his career success and how leadership plays a role in uh, all areas of life. So David has been the Group Chief Executive Officer of Winning Appliances for the past two and a half years and he's really overseen a transformation of their retail business which has repositioned Winning Appliances in the market to have amongst the most inspiring appliance stores in Australia. If you haven't been there, believe me, you need to go and have a look. Um, David also has a uh, very interesting career where he's worked for uh, other organisations internationally such as Lazy Boy and Natootsie. So I'm really excited to have David with us today. Welcome, David. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for the opportunity. So I guess if we could start out, could you tell me a little bit about how you started in business? Well, I, I took a very unconventional route, I can say that. I, uh, I moved to America from Canada, and obviously previous uh, to Canada, I was in the UK. Um, growing up, uh, following my, my family, as they, my dad was very entrepreneurial, as he had all sorts of wonderful ideas, which took us from one place to the next. And uh, from Canada to America, uh, my schooling had given me a, an opportunity to uh, graduate a little bit earlier than you do when you are um, in, in traditional American schools. It certainly wasn't because I was smarter than anybody else. It was just the way those credits actually transferred from one country and one school to the next. So I graduated just after I turned 16 um, from high school in the United States. And um, I had this opportunity to go and sweep the floors of a, a furniture company in Mexico. And um, I never went to university. Uh, my my father was part of was the CFO of a uh, furniture company in Mexico, and uh, they offered me a, a job for fifteen thousand dollars a year, and I thought I absolutely hit the lottery. So at sixteen years old, I thought I'd rather make money than go spend it. My, much to my mum's dismay, I can tell you, she wanted me to actually uh, go travel Europe and see the world. She said you might fall in love in Paris and never come home. You might, you know, be a waiter in Monaco and, and think this is it for me. Uh, and as I look back alone uh, on that, thinking who in the world would say that to a 16-year-old, let alone a very immature 16-year-old, I, I still am amazed to this day uh, that my mother would say such a thing. But in saying all of that, I, I took a, an unconventional route of saying, I'm going to go and uh, and make money. Now, my dad told me one thing. He said, uh, people are going to talk. He said, they're going to tell you that you're the boss's son. You're the only reason you've got this job is because of me. So you've got to put all that behind you, and you have got to absolutely out-hustle your competition. You have got to make your own mark in this, uh, in this role and in this job. Um, otherwise, you're going to be forgotten and left behind. And so from a very young age, I took that as my opportunity and uh, have never looked back. So... Uh, started sweeping the floors. I would spend my summers in Italy making leather, and uh, uh, I was a leather furniture factory. So I, I worked my way through cutting wood to uh, the foam facility to becoming a real expert on what I knew from the ground up. Um, and by the time I was 19, I'd moved to New York uh, to sell leather and been all over the United States to, to sell more. And, uh, and then next thing you know, there's people calling me because they've heard of my name. So was that uh, was that uh, the call that led you to Natutsi? You know, it's funny. I uh, I my grandfather had always told me one thing, and it's always stayed with me. He said, David, you you close doors behind you. You don't close doors in front of you. So whatever opportunities come your way, just take it. You can always come home. You'll always be all right, but just take it. 
So from selling leather furniture for a family business, traveling around the country, um, it was there that Natutsi had heard of me. And in fact, it was one of the largest department stores in America called Dillard's, based out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I sold Dillard's when I worked for this uh, family leather furniture company, which at the time had a name of Leather Trend. I worked for them. Uh, I sold Dillard's Leather Trend furniture. They got to know me. And then over the years, I had moved on to different states to do different things. And so when the Tutsi were looking for a, a new representative to work for them, Dillard's were the actual ones who said, um, I don't care who you're going to interview. Go find David Crane. And so at that point, uh, Natutsi came to me, uh, and it was funny how that reputation of just out-hustling your competition, it had stayed with me since I was 16. Uh, at this point, I was, and I'm trying to think how old I would have been, somewhere around 26, 27. Um, you know, I had uh, 10 years of experience. I knew the product like the back of my hand. I knew leather like the back of my hand. I knew the industry like the back of my hand. Um, and I was very much in an industry of um, people somewhat twice my age, if you will. So I was a, a little bit unique in that regard, that I knew what I was talking about. I was um, a lot younger than everybody else, um, and, I, and I absolutely continued to hustle. So Natutsi heard of me, found me, um, and from there, Jeremy, it was a, a quick progression. I was six months as their um, sales representative in, that, in the state of Texas. Um, I then was given the opportunity to become the vice president of sales for the, the South region. So that gave me the ability to get into management. It gave me the ability to lead uh, and work very closely with a lot of the sales reps who were my peers, and, and they now reported to me. Um, and it gave me a chance to spread my wings and get out of just one state or one town, um, Mexico, uh, Central America, South America. Uh, other parts of the United States, the Caribbean, everything opened up to me, um, and all, all of a sudden I had somewhat of an international uh, cachet uh, around me. It gave me the chance to uh, continue to learn, but it was because my first management role was with who I considered peers that gave me a very unique style, uh, which I still use today, which is, you know, you lead from within. Uh, we're friends with everybody. There's no hierarchy in our organization. Everybody knows what title's on what card, but we don't pay much, too much attention to that. It is simply about how do we make sure everybody gets um, the feeling that I'm accessible at any time. We work closely together, and, um, and we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a great rapport, a great friendship, uh, but most importantly, we do, some business, uh, do a lot of business together, um, and we all um, point ourselves in the right direction. I love that point you made about hustling, and uh, that's the what you have to do. But the question for me comes back to the why. What was your why that drove you to want to succeed and move ahead in your career? Now, I, I often think about that, and um, I ran into a, a gentleman um, many years ago who, who was the senior sales executive for Lazy Boy, and he loved to hire athletes. Um, he said, athletes have got a, a frame of mind that's unique. He said, they don't like to lose. They have this competitive nature uh, within them. And, and uh, the funny thing is, that if I look back on, on my sports uh, growing up, um, I did play uh, soccer. I played uh, for the national team at a young age and traveled the world kicking a round ball. Couldn't make a living at it, mind you, but I certainly enjoyed it. And then you get to an age where, you know, you're, if you're not under contract at that point in time, you know, you're... you're uh, opportunity has passed. 
So in as I look at the coaches and the teammates and the, the, the dedication it took from an athletic standpoint to train five days a week, to, to be at the, the, the peak of your fitness, even though you are young and you're, you're still growing and um, there's all sorts happening. It was one of those things that um, stays with me that um, I'm very much that person today, just sometimes in a suit, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Um, that hunger to to win the ball, that hunger to to get the goal, that desire to win, uh, is no different in business for me. You know, I don't like to lose. We're we're not in the business of losing. Um, we want to compete. Uh, we we sometimes win, we sometimes lose, but you got to learn from them. We got to move forward, and it's not a single uh, single sport. Business is is a team event. You got to bring everybody along from the for the ride. Uh, so you got to be able to coach and play at the same time. Wonderful. So if you were giving some advice to someone at a little bit of an earlier stage in their career than you and they said, David, how is it that I can hustle? What do I need to do to to really move ahead? What would your advice be to them? Well, first, I'm humbled that someone would actually even even come to me to, to think that I, I would be able to give them that advice. I um, I speak from a very unique perspective that I didn't take the conventional route, as, you've, as I've highlighted. Um, so, so my feedback would simply be you've got to know what you're selling, let's just say, or what your role is within an organization uh, to the nth degree. Um, it's, it's your responsibility to make sure that if you are selling a product, and today I have retail stores in Australia that, and we sell appliances. So for my sales experts that are on the floor, if they don't know everything about every product, then it's my opportunity to give you those tools. Um, and if then you can't do it, then this probably isn't the right fit for you uh, because we need to be better than everybody else. I need to make sure that if we're selling a, an appliance or, or we're, whether we're selling widgets, if you don't know everything about that particular product, if you don't know what your point of difference is to make sure why should a customer buy from me versus somebody else, then we've already lost half the fight. Um, so uh, for me, know what you're, you're selling. Give yourself the ability to uh, have all of those tools in your bag. So when a question pops up, you know exactly how you're going to answer it. And most importantly, back to the basics for me, you know, out-hustle your competition. There's people out there doing the exact same thing. Um, how are you going to be that point of difference? For me, it was quite easy uh, in the fact that I was just seeing so much more than everybody else, whether it be Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, in stores, selling, talking, communicating, having that fun with everybody. Everybody knew who I, who I was. Plus, I have a really funny accent in America, so I stood out a little bit more. <laughs> so it's been an interesting, uh, interesting role for you with the winning group, and uh, it must be interesting when you're brought into an organization almost as the outsider to uh, when you have a vision of what you want to do and transforming the company, actually enrolling the other people to get on board. How did you go about that? It's, a, it's certainly a process and, um, and uh, not always an easy one, and it certainly hasn't been easy for us as we've been through this. Uh, when I came into the, to the business, um, we were uh, in the process of building what is now our flagship showroom here in Sydney, um, and I'd inherited this, this piece of land where the walls were going up and all sorts was happening around me, and I just didn't really quite understand what was happening. 
Um, so I walked to the existing store, which was had been around for, for donkey's years. And, and then as I walked around and talked to the people and looked at the product and looked at the displays, I, it was a, a retail store that was somewhat like Aladdin's den. You went up some stairs, you went around a corner, you went down some stairs, oh, look, a fridge. Then you went left and right, and oh, there's a washing machine. And there was no real rhyme or reason to it. It didn't seem to flow. But we seemed to be everybody's best-kept secret. Um, everybody loved to shop at winning appliances. They said, you know, we're sort of off the beaten track by one street. We were never on the main street where that rents were the highest. We were always a street back. And you got this wonderful advice. And this, they had some great brands. And they'd always take care of you. Um, but for me, I thought, well, let's just have a look at best practice around the world. And so I was fortunate enough where John Winning and I uh, took the time to travel around from New York to London to Asia. We went around and looked at retail. We went from watch stores to socks stores to, you know, stores, that, department stores, big box stores. We went and looked and listened and learned and, and, and met with some really great, great companies out there. Um, and what it did is it, we came back and we said we, we have got to create an experience. We've got to create a bit of theater around selling a product which traditionally isn't very sexy to shop for. I mean, at the end of the day, we sell what is interpreted as metal boxes. One might be a microwave metal box and one might keep your, your fruit and veg cold. But, you know, they are simply metal boxes. We wanted to put a bit of theater around it. Um, so I said we can't do that if, uh, and call ourselves a specialist retailer with theater and a bit of pizzazz if we're going to go into Aladdin's Den. So let's open things up a little bit. And what we did is we, we opened up the store. We made everything by brand. And so instead of having a, uh, a laundry aisle, which is traditional in our, our retail space, uh, our competitors still do it this way, where you walk into the laundry section, there's 100 laundry uh, items lined up like soldiers, uh, and I call it the soldier area. Stack them deep, sell them cheap, here we go. Uh, you walk from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and it, was, it became it's a about the It's a tiring shopping experience that way. It's a, it's an absolute. Uh, listen, I don't want to say too much because my competitors, some of them, are much bigger than I am, and if they get the wind that this is the way to do it and we're having success, then they might uh, come after me. So what I will say is ultimately, it's a, it is a tiring experience. You're right, and it's also very monotonous. And and what I found is when a customer walks in and just sees one next to the next to the next to the next, it becomes about price. They walk themselves down the ladder to the lowest common denominator, and maybe they step themselves up to the, the one that's not exactly the cheapest, but it certainly isn't the most expensive. Um, and it becomes about price. When you put things in our the way we saw it as a bit of theater. You were greeted when you walked into our store. You're offered a coffee. You're offered a handcrafted coffee from a beautiful coffee machine. Um, you know, slow down a little bit. Spend some time in our stores. Have a glass of water. Walk, listen, talk to us. Um, listen, learn about the brands and, under, and be inspired by the results that they can provide you. Um, it became about the brand. When you incorporate the brand um, and talk to the beauty and the features and benefits that that particular company provides. Price actually hasn't even come into the equation yet. Um, it ends up being uh, more of a profitable sale and becomes more about the aspirational aspects um, of a, uh, an item. And, uh, and our success to that was uh, getting the family to believe that this was the right thing to do. Behind Winning Appliances is a, uh, a wonderful family business. We're 109 years old, fourth generation, Australian owned. Uh, and I can tell you it was not easy. 
Because at the same time, I said, if we're going to do this and we're going to change the interior, then let's change the exterior and change the brand. So we rebranded a 109-year-old which was uh, maybe the hardest thing that I've ever done. Um, the family said they, they understood the desire to evolve. They, they appreciated the drive and, and the fact that we can't do the same thing over and over again. Um, let's just push the envelope a little bit and do something different than our competitors. So the family finally said to me, I tell you what, you can do it with this one store, but the others stay the same. If you have success with this one store, then we'll, we'll convert the rest. And that's all I needed. I said, thank you very much. We were able to um, create this wonderful experience in, in the store. Uh, the brand stood out. Uh, my only brief to the brands uh, that are in the, the flagship showroom uh, was this. Do something that you've never done before and wow me. Because if you can't wow me, then you're not going to be able to wow my customer. So we sent all these drawings backwards and forwards in regards to their displays, in regards to the design of their displays and how it was going to look and how it was going to interact with the customer. Finally, we have a store which I'm very proud to say is now two years old. Uh, when I took over, it was even though it was Aladdin's Den, it was already the highest volume store of its kind in the country. Uh, I'm proud to say that it uh, has gone uh, on average of about 24% year-on-year increase, and it's given us the ability to be um, have a little bit more free reign with doing the same feel to the rest of our stores, and that's the process in which we're going through as we speak. So not an easy transition. Uh, it took a lot of salesmanship with the family, a lot of, a lot of bringing them along for the ride um, and selling them, not just telling them. And so it gave them the opportunity uh, to see the direction we're going. And of course, once the results started coming in, their smiles just went bigger and bigger. And they said, okay, we believe you now. Go for it. One of the things I love, and for those of you who haven't already, make sure you get into Danks Street in Redfern to see the uh, winning appliances head showroom. There's just so much about an experience. And it's woven the whole story of winning. It's not just throw out the old, but it's actually embrace the old and add to it the new. And so it's an amazing, amazing experience. There's cooking demonstrations, but it's actually what I found more than anything else, just fun and engaging to look around. But something I also noticed was the culture of the people that you had uh, that you had working within the stores, Davis. Did you do much to transform the culture of the people to match the showroom that you created? I was very fortunate enough that um, in. On one side, you inherit a project that is going to take up a lot of your time, and you're changing so much. You know, uh, you're busy for for uh, all sorts of hours. Uh, on the other side, I was extremely fortunate that I inherited uh, exceptional people. The sales experts that we have are second to none in the country, and we know that because we're told that from our competitors. Um, the uniqueness about our business, Jeremy, is the fact that we don't pay a commission uh, where traditionally retailers in our space do pay a commission. You're paid a base. You're paid then a commission based on what you sell. And what that, that the, the, the culture that creates is a directional sell. So when I go into a retail store as a customer, I'm getting sold uh, very quickly either what they've got a lot of in the warehouse um, or what they are being bonused on or spivved on uh, that particular month. So you, you get somewhat of a directional sell. In our business, the exceptional knowledge of our people 
um, gives us the ability to reward them a little bit differently. We pay an above market wage to every single one of our employees so that when our customer comes into the store, they get the opportunity to be, uh, they get someone who's going to listen to them, understand how they cook, understand how they clean, understand what their needs are, and then from there, as experts, we will give them um, our good, better, or best um, you know, thought process around what they need for their home um, versus maybe what we've got 50 of sitting in the warehouse. So the people were the exception to the rule. They, they make our business, um, and um, I didn't really have to do too much, so I can't take any credit for that, to be honest, mate. So here's a question for you about leadership and developing leadership within your organization. How do you see leadership really affecting the overall results for the organization? Well, again, I, I, I have to go back to my quote that I still I use a lot, and that's lead from within, that you've got to be seen. You, you can't be considered in a ivory tower or behind an office door. In fact, if anybody ever came to our head office like you have, Jeremy, you'll know we're an open plan. Um, I sit uh, on a chair on the end of a... Uh, you have a cube desks. like everybody else. I've got, exactly right. We're plug and play. You can come in, sit down, plug in. Uh, I might be sitting on a chair. I might be sitting uh, uh, in the breakout room where people are playing ping pong, or, or I might be sitting on an exercise ball uh, having a conversation with somebody. You know, we, we've got to be accessible. Um, and, um, and most importantly, in the stores, everybody needs to know your name. Um, you know, I, I can walk into any one of my stores right now. Um, I know uh, their children's names. Um, we hug, we kiss, we say hi, we shake hands, we know who we are, uh, ask about the weekend. They know my children's names. They know my wife's name. Uh, we have a very open um, communication line with every single one in, in our business. Uh, and the beauty of that is um, th there's not a question that doesn't get you know, sort of uh, not answered, if you will. You, you, you're accessible at any time. Um, people will feel more open with you, so you get the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is always a good thing. Uh, and I had it just this weekend, I had a customer questioning a decision I, excuse me, a sales expert questioning a decision I had made. It had um, uh, given them the ability to reach out to me and say, um, you know, I just couldn't sleep last night because of A, B, and C. I just needed to share it with you. Um, and then yesterday, I had that opportunity to talk to them and say, you know, are you all right? You know, this is the reason why. Give them a little bit of a backstory that maybe they didn't know, uh, but ultimately they feel free enough to have that conversation with me, uh, which I don't think you can put a price on. Now, the, the negative to to this is when you are so accessible, um, it. it Productivity changes. Um, you become productive in the fact that you help that person immediately. Uh, but when you've got a list of the things to do for the day, uh, it's sometimes quite challenging when you're pulled in a, a hundred different directions before lunchtime uh, to get done what, what you thought you needed to get done. Uh, but you have to keep in mind that uh, that's your position, that's your role, and ultimately you've helped those hundred people before lunch in a way that uh, you hadn't planned on. Um, and they get an answer to their challenges. And at the end of the day, if there's a customer waiting or a customer needing an answer, then it is our responsibility to make sure that everyone can get to you as quickly as possible so that you can give them the tool if that's what they need so they can go back to the customer because that customer has a poor experience. Um, you know, then uh, that, those bad words will spread a hell of a lot faster than the good words will.
it's uh, it's interesting. Without trust, people aren't honest. And I think one of the things is uh, also as their leader actually being honest with them. And uh, you've been focusing on the supportive side, but I've got no doubt you also challenge people to, to be their best at times. You know, we, we, we have got to uh, continue to focus on the fact that we are a business. We're here to sell. Uh, and if we're not asking for the order or providing the right uh, experience, that trust you mentioned isn't created in the stores. Uh, and ultimately, they're going to choose not to spend their money with you and spend it somewhere else. And so um, what I believe wholeheartedly is if we have done our best to um, you know, impress every customer and to make sure that we have um, given them the right experience, let them believe that we are the experts, given them the knowledge they need, uh, not be directionally sold a particular product over another, give them what they now feel comfortable is the right thing for their home. They're going to trust us to the point they're going to want to give us their money. But let's not make any mistakes. We're here to sell. And um, you know, we, it is our job to make sure that um, now we can afford to do all those nice things that I mentioned because if, if we don't start if we don't uh, sell then the money's not coming in and ultimately I'm going to have to I won't be able to afford to pay you an above market wage I'm going to have to consider uh, commission so when my ups are up so are you and when my downs are down so are you you know it's um, at this point I'll, I'll put it this way uh, we're fortunate enough Jeremy that it's been working for us for 109 years our business continues to grow uh, and in our industry for the last three years it has remained flat it hasn't grown even one percent yet we've had double-digit growths every single year based on this mantra um, and I'm happy to say that uh, I'm part of that, that movement with uh, you know uh, what are close to 200 sales experts now between my 12 stores uh, I'm happy to be part of that with them well done so when you promote someone into a more senior role requiring leadership, what sort of things do you do to help them be more successful in, in their position? Well, I'm not too sure I'm very good at that part, to be completely honest with you, mate. I think, um, you know, I only have myself to fall back on. When you don't have that so somewhat formal education or the or the, the processes behind or the, the MBA that's given you the actual tools to know how to go from A to B to C to D. You know, my way might be a little bit different than, than what might be the conventional way or what might be the right way, let's put it that way. So from, from my perspective, um, I, I, love, I have to have the gut instinct and the feel of the individual because um, I trust myself really uh, just as much as I, I trust my best friend. It's one of those, those abilities that if I'm not comfortable with somebody uh, in a particular role, then, um, then I'm just not sure it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for someone who's done it before. I'm not necessarily looking for somebody who's been outside of the industry and done it with other uh, companies and is going to come in and change our world. Um, I prefer to, to, to promote from within. I prefer to make sure I can you know, um, see something that makes me realize that this individual has got what it takes. They might not have all the tools today, but they've got that instinct, that ability that's making my gut feel good. So yes. um, when I find that individual, um, you know, we go through a process just internally of just getting to know one another on a personal level, um, just giving me either comfort with their style, their ability, and moral compass, integrity, all things which, you know, 
um, are, are vital to the success of our business. And then we go through the um, the educational side. You know, what have you done? What do you do? How do you do it? Um, and then and then help them on a on a a daily basis of coaching from from my experience but also being smart enough to listen to them because if they because my style is is somewhat unique um if i'm not able to listen to them i'm not going to maybe learn and find a better way of doing it myself so it's very collaborative um and um we have to be open to the fact that and i certainly am on a daily basis that I don't know it all. I know there's others out there who've forgotten more than I know. So what I will say is, you know, let me listen, let me understand, let me share with you what I think, um, and we'll go down a certain path to start with. And maybe that path is 90% me speaking and 10% them. And at least it gets the ball rolling because they're coming into the role. They're they're not sure of exactly everything they need to do. So let me help point them in a direction. Uh, but one of our company values is own your role. And if you see a better way of doing it, then do it and share with me why and the reasons behind it. And if it makes sense, I'm going to support you 100%. So it's definitely a unique way, Jeremy, of doing it. And I say that word a few times, but when you have the background I do, um, I'm not always the most conventional. Uh, but I, you know, I think uh, the uh, the numbers and everything and the, oh, the culture one of the things that we about have speaks for themselves. <laughs> one of the things about convention is if you do what everybody else does, then you get the same results everyone else gets. <laughs> You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So you know, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> so you may not have done the formal education, but I believe at an earlier stage in your career, you actually came through one of the rapport leadership training courses, the Leadership Breakthrough One. I'm proud to proud to say that I've been through LB1 and LB2. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, both experiences uh, in Nevada um, at Rapport Leadership International. Um, this was an initiative um, started by Lazy Boy. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Steve Heffley from who owns the Lazy Boy stores in Nevada. Uh, he was on um, Rapport's very first class. And he was so inspired by what he went through that he started putting his own stores. At the time, he had three Lazy Boy stores in Las Vegas. And um, he put uh, his own team through. And he watched his sales uh, just start to grow. He watched his culture just start to grow. And next thing you know, he's on this wonderful momentum. Uh, it, it gave him the ability to um, bring all his new hires through the program. He invested in them, and they invested in him. And it was just a wonderful thing. So Steve was one of the, the key people um, who, who did it, uh, who provided that experience for Lazy Boy. Uh, I'm proud to say I, I went through it. Um, I've also been on team um, at, at a different uh, report camp in uh, Texas uh, where uh, they called me up one day and they said, Dave, would you go on team? And i got to say, um, I'll, I'll use the words I, I remember vividly. It was Sunday night. I'd just been through LB1. I, uh, I'm sitting in the Las Vegas airport. I'm on my way back to Texas. This is, um, I'm trying to think how old I would have been. I would have been around 20, 25, let's just say. You know, my yes. parents are very pragmatic, sensible people and maybe don't uh, put themselves out there um, to try new experiences too much. Very stuck in their ways and, uh, and, and I love them for it. But what I will say is my dad said to me, how do you feel? And I remember sitting there with a croaky voice, with uh, an expression of just, man, am I tired and exhausted? And I said, I feel like a giant inside. And I've never forgotten that. It changed the way that 
Um, I approach everything, and I've never forgotten it, and nor will I ever forget, forget it. It's exciting when you realize the potential that lies within each uh, one of us. I tell you what, and, and you talk about unlocking that potential over the course of just a couple of days. Um, I've often said to friends um, who I felt it would benefit from rapport, I said, I, I tell you what, um, I'll pay for you to go. And if you don't feel like you have got out of it what you think you should have, um, then don't pay me back. But if you feel you've got out of it what you uh, and it's changed the way you look at things, I'll, I'll gladly accept the check back. But um, it gives me the ability to, to also pay it forward a little bit, but most importantly, allow people to see what, what I've seen through that, that program um, and course and the, the fellowship and friendship it's created. I mean, look at it. It's put us in contact, and we're, we've been on the other side of the world from one another all our lives, So, um, and uh, given me the opportunity to speak to you today. Yeah, uh, it's uh, certainly something that uh, when you understand the DNA of leadership and you understand and how to bring out your own natural leadership style, it's it's really exciting and uh, to be engaged with other people with similar similar beliefs is a is a fantastic thing. One hundred percent. So if there was one thing that you still apply from what you learnt in Leadership Breakthrough on a regular basis today, what would that be? You know, uh, I will say that um, I very much, you know, they, they, say, they say in some courses or some books that, you know, there's no emotion in business, um, and I call BS on that, that there's absolutely emotion in business, because the, the, emotion, uh, the emotional connection a customer is going to get to buying a particular product over another is somewhat emotional. Sometimes it's about price. I get that. But uh, a lot of the time you're emotionally driven by maybe an Italian brand over a German brand, for example, based on maybe an experience you've had in Italy years ago. There was a connection to something that's given you the desire to buy something over, over something else. Um, whether it be about... Um, you know, just people's experience in the store. When somebody comes and they just don't get, have a good experience and they are compelled to write you an email to say how terrible things were, um, you know, they're emotional about something. So I pick up the phone, I call every single customer um, who has a problem with their experience and I wish to greet them in the store myself and help them anyway and try and earn back their loyalty, whether it be a, a, a comment on social media or whether it be uh, a conversation with a friend at a pub and um, something bad has been said about your brand because they didn't get the right experience. You've got to be, um, you've got to have the ability and desire to to want to fix that. Um, I'm also emotional with my 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 team. You know, uh, we we. <laughs> this might sound funny, but you know, there's always the the times when you laugh together. Uh, there's actually been times where you cry together, um, and and that makes me who I am. Um, and I can tell you wholeheartedly, it's not pleasurable when you're sometimes sitting with, uh, you know, somebody who's, you know, uh, I'll tell you an example, just a couple of months ago, uh, the, one of the individuals in, in our store, it's not a high-ranking role, uh, she comes in every day and she does an exceptional job for our business. She's always a, a bubbly, a bubbly person. Um, her husband had terminal cancer and he passed. And when you get to, when you have to speak to 
to that individual and share with her that you're thinking of her and her family and they can take as much time as they want away from uh, the from the workplace without even worrying about a paycheck without even you know how dare we think that they've got to get payroll or or somebody involved to say well they've taken this much annual leave or they've taken this you know that's irrelevant they've just lost somebody in their lives um, and um, we have to rally around them and I can assure you those are not dry eye conversations um, if you are not feeling what they're feeling then you know you're not really on the same page and um, and that happens every single you know, uh, regrettably, it happens more than it should, those types of um, horrific conversations. But you also get the beautiful ones where on Friday night when we, we buy the first three rounds of drinks, the local pub every Friday night for our employees. Uh, and on Friday, we'll go down there. We'll have a couple of drinks with everybody. We'll get to, we're out of work. We're having a chat. We're getting to know one another. You're also laughing. You're also got your arms around one another, you know, uh, having a cheers before you go home to your families. Just have a, a drink and just laugh and, and get to know them a little bit better. Um, you know, that, a, uh, that emotional level that I experienced in um, LB1 that um, had me going through experiences that weekend um, opened me up to being, uh, you know, the leader that I am today in regards to how I interact with my own team. And it doesn't work for everybody, and uh, and that's okay. Uh, but it works for us, and it works for me. Well, it's uh, when you come from the heart, it's amazing what you can do. And it sounds like your team members are actually more like family members with the level of uh, care that you have for them. And Without success doubt. is no accident. And thank you so much for being so generous with your time and. Uh, sharing some of some of your thoughts with us today David thank you thank you Jeremy thanks for the opportunity and, and to uh, to the people who are listening or potentially listening is, is ultimately uh, you know thanks for giving me the chance to to be part of it um, I'm very proud to say that I'm uh, a graduate of LB1 LB2 I, I've still got to get my master grad I've, I've still got to go back and I'm looking forward to that uh, and for those who are thinking about it or haven't uh, uh, been through it just yet. You know, my only encouragement to you is uh, is go for it, and um, and I promise you, you'll if you get half out of it, what I did, uh, you'll be changed for the better in all aspects of your life, and um, it'll be something that'll stay with you forever. So, Jeremy, thanks for the opportunity, and look forward to seeing you soon.